Lori Lightfoot loses her bid for re-election, and racism is a lame excuse that has now become an acceptable weapon masked as a way to supposedly make things right. It's all in this week's Piss Off. So Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot lost her rebid election. Now, while she's currently blaming her loss on the fact that she's a black woman, let's think of something here. She went from winning all 50 wards when she was elected to now losing rather handily. Now, somehow, racism and sexism has taken over these 50 wards, allegedly, or at least enough of them. That's bullcrap. But blaming racism and sexism allows for a complete neglect of the state in which Chicago now finds itself. Crime is out of control. Um, She went all in on the COVID restrictions, which we're all learning were probably, to a large degree, useless anyway. Um, And now we can't talk about COVID once again uh, because there's information out that, um, as most of us knew, COVID came from a lab in China, which many of our um, people in power were well aware of and wanting to deny for whatever reason because China is such a good friend to us, um, allegedly. But how long is race going to be used as a lame and false excuse that someone lost their job or position because they're just terrible at what they do. And obviously, the lame excuse of racism doesn't just get tossed around when it comes to elections. Of course, that would, you know, be too simple. Um, Let's look at another instance where racism was blindly cited. So Tyree Nichols. Tyree Nichols was a black man who, as it currently stands, was allegedly beat to death by cops. I say allegedly only because the case hasn't been tried yet. That's not me falling into some type of conspiracy theory at all. That's just because that's how the legal system works. So that's why he allegedly died. Okay. So anyway, the media and activists, which appear to be one and the same nowadays, immediately began claiming racism was to blame. Immediately, because anytime something happens to a black person, it obviously happened because of racism. Let's ignore every other statistic there is out there, but obviously it was because of racism. The problem with that, the Tyrese Nickel incident, quickly became the fact that the officers involved in the beating of Nichols were black themselves. And that story has gone fairly silent since. And why is that? Well, it didn't support the narrative. Once again, the narrative being that any time a black man dies or a black person dies, it's because of racism. And especially if cops are involved, it's definitely racism, which there's nothing to support that argument. But nonetheless, that's still the argument because it makes headlines, it sells papers, it keeps people divided, and uh, it keeps people hating cops, which is the goal for many of the people in power and activists and, uh, you know, gosh, what would I say? Um, Idiotic attorneys. So this isn't an isolated incident in which black people harm other black people and racism is still touted because what they've been able to insert is this idea of systemic racism, which is a crazy idea in itself that doesn't actually exist. But this theory of systemic racism is actually racist in and of itself, because it suggests, if not blatantly, claims that once black people become part of some system, 
they are completely overtaken by this system, and then they are unable to make their own decisions. I mean, look at the voter ID argument. It was being argued, and it's still being argued, that black people couldn't possibly figure out how to obtain an ID. Either there's not resources available to them to obtain an ID, or they just, they can't figure out how to get an ID. How racist is that to say that somebody can't, and a, a grown adult can't figure out how to get an ID because of their race? That seems like a racist stance in and of itself. And I don't even know how you make that argument with a straight face. And I'm, I'm certainly not saying racism doesn't exist in our country or in the world. I mean, there's always going to be people out there who hate others for dumb reasons. That's just how it is. And this whole idea that we're going to completely squash racism is ridiculous to me anyway, just because of that fact. We can't control what every person thinks, what every person feels. And I'm not saying I agree with those thoughts or feelings, but I am saying that it's pretty naive to think that we have enough control over everyone to say, oh, you can't be racist, and now that person is just not racist. That's that's just not going to happen. Unfortunately, the battle against racism doesn't really exist as far as it's actually a battle against racism. Because we've now become a nation where in situations like Lightfoot losing or Nichols being beat to death, racism is used as a distraction. And it's used constantly as an excuse for things. And I think if we, if, if we really wanted to get rid of racism, if we really wanted to make this battle for racism, people would actually have to be responsible for themselves, right? And the media, the activists, really, really don't want that. So we have to keep racism alive. We have to keep this idea of racism alive and going. So... Did racism truly play a part in either of those situations or many of the situations the media and activists would like us to believe? And I would say not even many of the situations. I would say most of the situations the media and activists would like us to believe. Of course not. Lightfoot lost because she sucked as a mayor. And once she was up for reelection, people told her, hey, you suck as a mayor. We're not voting for you. And she even, even in her claim of racism... One of the people that that defeated her and got more votes was another was a black man. The, the, the whole argument of racism doesn't even make sense. And you can go back to she could go back to sexism if she wants, but it doesn't erase the fact that she sucked as a mayor. And let's think about this. Now, where we have been told we can't talk about racism is when it's directed towards Asians to a degree and pretty much all white people. And to go back real quick to the Tyree Nichols thing, it clearly appears that the beating he received was utterly unjustified. I, I don't think there's many people that are going to argue against that. Um, I've seen the footage. I certainly wouldn't say any of that was justified, but it certainly had nothing to do with racism. That's just, I, I, there's nothing saying that, there's nothing saying or proving that it had anything to do with racism. And I don't believe for one bit that it had anything to do with racism. But anyway, where we've now accepted this, this sense of racism that's okay and acceptable when it comes to Asians and white people and, and 
that's probably not all, to be honest. But take, for example, the random acts of violence that have plagued Asians in our country to a degree. And I don't want to say plagued and make that sound like a like it's happening everywhere all the time. It's not. But it became quite interesting that footage of those beatings suddenly received less media coverage as it became apparent who the majority of the assailants were. I'll just leave that there. Then we look at something as ridiculous as reparations. Now, reparations to me are the equivalent to another sequel for the movie Dumb and Dumber, but this time it would just have to be called The Dumbest. And San Francisco appears to be adamant about winning the award for The Dumbest. They're suggesting offering $5 million to every black resident. And the thing is, they can't even explain where that number came from or how they are possibly going to afford to pay that to every black resident for something that, quite frankly, nobody deserves. Long story short, nobody alive today owes anyone else for past crimes in which they had nothing to do with. That's just the bottom line. The, the, the talk of reparations to me is ridiculous, and it's just one more. Rep, all reparations and the argument for reparations effectively does is to keep this argument about race going, which I already addressed earlier. That's the whole point of it. Whether they think reparations will actually get passed, they just want to continue to use that because they know it is a factor that is going to keep people divided. They know that, and that's why they're going to keep pushing it. They know that there's no justification for it. They know that probably they can't even afford it. I mean, especially when you're talking about $5 million to every black resident, that's just, I don't know how you afford that outside of also taxing them more, which would seem to defeat that whole purpose. So the idea and argument for reparations is just to keep people divided. That's all it is. And unfortunately, this whole new like sect of racism is aimed towards white people and white straight men in particular. So what is now acceptable to say about white people? Well, you can definitely say they're all racist. That's acceptable to say they're all racist now by our society standards. So what that essentially means is that no one can be considered an individual any longer, which seems like a racist stance to me. Another claim is that white people don't understand what it's like to be another race, particularly black. I would venture to say that other races don't know what it's like to be white. But it's okay to assume that everyone knows what it's like to be white. Which defeats the whole purpose of the original argument they made about how white people don't understand what it's like to be black. Because now you're saying black people can understand what it's like to be white, or Asians can understand what it's like to be white, or Native Americans can understand what it's like to be white. When in fact... They can't, and, and as an overview of this point, I, I, I just, I fail to understand why we are insistent on sectioning off people by race or by sexuality or everything else. We, we, we are obsessed, and I've said it before, we're obsessed with labels. Labels rule everything, and it appears that they also destroy everything. So have you ever noticed that when inclusivity and diversity is brought up, we are bombarded with a list of people who should be included, okay, who, who allegedly aren't included in things? Black people, black women, black men, 
uh, gay and lesbian, trans people, Asian Americans, Native Americans, the list goes on and on and on. The fact is, all people are included in today's society. Now, one group I will say that never seems to make any of those lists are white Americans. Once again, that seems a bit racist and blatantly racist. Now, I will also say that white people are included, as is every other race, regardless of any list people might want to make. But apparently, it's absolutely acceptable to leave white people off these actual lists that people jot down or type or create in their heads. But I still maintain that all groups are actually included. We just have to pretend that some groups aren't included, and we absolutely have to make sure that we leave a particular group off that list for whatever reason, which I still maintain is because of division. That's what we actually want. That's what those lists are designed to do. They're designed to do that by the list itself. It divides people into groups, which once again, labels, which I just, I, I can't, I can't understand for the life of me, how we ever think we're going to come together. If we have to constantly put people in groups, constantly have to make lists of people that divides them. I don't know how that's a recipe to bring unity to anything. It just doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. I mean, can you imagine if any other race or group was blatantly just left off those lists? If we said, well, we've got to, you know, we're working towards in inclusivity and diversity, and it's going to be white people, Asian Americans, Native Americans, and uh, I think that's it. I think, yeah, I can't, I, I don't think there's anybody else. That would never, that would never happen. And it would never be accepted. And I, I, I wouldn't think it should be accepted. But I also don't think we should be making lists about people we include. I, I think everybody's included. The lists are just mindless to me, absolutely mindless and divisive to me. You see, right now, when it comes to racism in our country, it's still alive and well. But it's not in the way the media and activists would like us to believe. When racism against black people was accepted in our nation, black people were considered inferior for a host of stupid, made-up reasons. Now, white people are considered inferior, and the host of made-up reasons to justify that thinking have become acceptable, even though those reasons are equally as stupid. That's racism. Racism is still present, but it's changed. It's still here. It's just changed. And for whatever reason, it has become acceptable once again. And like I said before, the reasons it's become acceptable is to foster division. What racism actually is, though, is a cancer that we don't seem to have any motivation to cure, kind of like uh, Big Pharma. They're not very uh, interested in curing cancer. We're not very interested in curing the cancer that is racism. And it also just shows separation and weakness. That's, that's, all, this, that's all this does. If we want to end racism, I would think we should probably stop using it, regardless of what race it is being used against. We have to stop using it as an excuse instead of facing the real reasons crime, violence, division, and turmoil exist. And it's not because of race. It's because 
of this place we've put ourselves where we have to define ourselves by race. We have to define ourselves by our sexuality. We have to define ourselves by our gender. We have to identify ourselves as any other host of things that separate us from everybody else instead of looking at the real root causes of this stuff. And I will just say when it comes to crime, violence, turmoil, one big thing I would say is broken homes, broken families. But of course, you're not allowed to say that. You know, you're not allowed to make common sense statements like maybe if fathers stuck around in the home, we wouldn't have as much crime. We wouldn't have as much violence. But again, you're not allowed to say that because we have to put another label, single moms, up on a pedestal. We have to put single parents up on a pedestal. And all the pedestals in the world don't help with any of those underlying issues. We have to actually start looking at individuals as individuals and figure out and admit why those individuals have become the way they are. And some of that, I mean, some of that comes down to, if well, to me personally, all of that comes down to individual decisions. When an individual decides to make a bad choice, that's because that individual decided to make a bad choice. That's what that is. You can sit here and blame racism. You can blame all kinds of things. But at the end of the day, that person decided to make a bad choice. That person decided to be a bad person. That person decided to be the way they are. Racism is a lame excuse that has now become an acceptable weapon masked to supposedly make things right. Good luck with all of that. Well, that's all for me this week. Thanks for listening and uh, piss off. <laughs>